Hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad that you are here. And uh, I'm so thankful for all of those that I met at ITC. And I had so, such a good time there and uh, made so many great connections. Check it out next year. Uh, so glad we partnered up. Fun times. Uh, guys, today's show is going to be so much fun. Uh, I got uh, my man Peter McDonald on here today from Wonderwrite. And you'll hear more in just a few minutes. But before I get into that, I do want to talk to you about my friends over at Smart Choice. Uh, whether you're looking for one carrier or you're looking for another market or you're looking for 10 new markets or you're looking for just somebody to partner up with you to share ideas with or um, you just some, want somebody to help you manage those carrier relationships that you got, Smart Choice is the way to go for you. Smartchoiceagents.com. Uh, they don't have any annual fees. They don't have any monthly fees. Uh, they don't have any startup fees. They work strictly off of a commission split. And that's only off the carriers that you write through them. Uh, they don't want to own your business. Uh, they don't want to meddle in your business. Uh, they just want to be a, an awesome partner for you. And they love the independent agency channel. Uh, they truly do. Smartchoiceagents.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. Also, got to talk to you about my friends over at Coverdesk. You know, Coverdesk is an incredible platform, an incredible uh, company that works with virtual assistants over in the Philippines. And uh, they do a wonderful job training them uh, to, to understand our business, uh, to understand our systems. They understand uh, the carrier systems. They understand the uh, management systems. Uh, they understand your CRMs. They just speak our language. They do such a good job. You could hire a dedicated VA for your office, or you could have a, uh, a uh, cover desk direct uh, that works on projects for you or could do day-to-day tasks. Uh, they're so good. Uh, they do a great job. Coverdesk.com. Tell Andy I sent you and uh, you'll be so happy that you did. Now, back to what I was talking about earlier, my man, Peter McDonald coming in from Wonderwrite. You're like, what is Wonderwrite? Uh, he's going to tell you all about it. He's going to go back and tell a story, talk about what Wonderwrite's doing. We have some great conversations. We get off the trail a little bit on some other stuff, but, you know, that's typical mayor stuff. Uh, I cannot wait for you to check it out. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with my man, Peter McDonald. Peter McDonald, welcome to Insurance Town. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. That's what I'm talking about, Heath. How are you doing this morning? Man, you got me up early in the morning, bro. It is 8 a.m., I'm doing a podcast. I'm normally, you know, dropping the kids off, getting my wife or Starbucks, still barely moving. But you got me up this morning. I had to start my routine at like five this morning. So, hey, man, you're the mayor of Insurance Town. And like, if you're not getting up at 8 a.m. to talk about insurance, who is? You know what I mean? Right. So. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so I'm excited to be up and moving with you. And uh, you're a lot better looking in person, man. I like it. So uh, in person <laughs> on the Zoom. So hey, thanks. Um, let's uh, let's take a walk down memory lane. Take me back as far as you want. You don't have to go like diapers or anything. That just makes it weird. But go back as far as you want and then bring me up to where you are today. And let's talk about Peter McDonald. Yeah, I mean, in bigger picture, let's talk about the insurance industry. Um, and I think, you know, take, take you back, you know, quick background is I'm from the business, very loyal. I've been an insurance agent for seven years. And how I got there was, you know, I grew up, my dad had this independent insurance agency. And so I used to work there as a kid, stamping papers, flipping papers, thinking I'm never going to work in this business because this is just the opposite of what I want to do. I want to solve problems and stamping papers and flipping papers was not solving problems. So um, basically when I graduated from university, I bought a one-way ticket out of this country and lived out of a backpack for six months, visited over 37 countries, um, and just enjoyed, you know, living on a super shoestring budget. This wasn't like some Lux Instagram vacation. Um, this was like staying in the cheapest possible hostels you can imagine. Came back in the beginning of 2011 um, in January. And uh, basically, you know, my dad had his insurance agency and I kind of felt like a sense of duty to kind of work in the family business. But he also took me by the shoulder and said, you know, Pete, um, this is a fantastic business. There's a tremendous amount that's changing in the business right now. This was back in 2011. It's like a lot of private equity money coming in, roll-ups are happening, technology is, you know, happening. You owe it to yourself to take a look at this business. And so from there, I spent the next, you know, seven years, um, learning insurance by selling personal, commercial, life, health, 
I got my licenses and designations. You know, you talk about getting up at eight in the morning. I used to get up every morning at 5 a.m. to study the CPCU. And that's how I cranked that designation out in less than a year, um, which is getting up early and, and studying really hard. Because I was this 24-year-old millennial guy trying to get someone to fire their 60-year-old golfing buddy. And right. so I had to know what I was talking about. And so, you know, I, I learned the ropes. I lobbied in D.C. with a big with a big eye. And um, I networked like crazy in the insurance space, out of the insurance space. And that's kind of how I got my chops in insurance. Oh, man. that's all. We have a lot of commonalities in that story. But I do got to go back and bring up something, you know, before you get into it, because then it steals my thunder. But I noticed, my man, you got, wait, one, two, three, four, five, what, six different designations? Uh, maybe more? Dude, I'm just I trying see, to get the whole alphabet, you know? Dude, I see MBA, CPCU, CRM, CIC, LIA. Uh, I'm just like, holy moly, man. That's a lot of studying uh, and a lot of uh, insurance knowledge. You could just listen to my show every day and get the same knowledge. I'm just kidding. I'm not knocking designations. They're amazing. Um, I've got one. No, two. I've got two. Sorry. Uh, but that's a lot, bro. Uh, talk to me about what is that? Is that something that means something to you? Or you just love education? Or do you just... When you need CE, you just go get those. I know, uh, you know, give me some of that. Yeah, I mean, listen, all of the above. I think, you know, purpose of your show, what I've seen is how can you be a better insurance professional? And I came into the business as a 23, 24-year-old, like didn't know a ton about insurance. Um, and so how do you get better at insurance? Yeah, part of it is you learn by doing the school hard knocks. You do what I did where you go out and you visit your customer's offices. You talk to their managers. You take photos of their properties. You do risk management. And part of it is you're like, you know, there's actually a science. This is an enormous industry. And there's actually like pe people get degrees in insurance. So, yeah, go study it. And I can't speak highly enough from the education that I've gone through as far as, yeah, number one, you know, first and foremost, hitting up those CE requirements, which are super annoying. But more importantly, is just like teaching you the bigger picture framework of the industry that we're operating out of. Yeah. So uh, what, did that start uh, right out the gate? As soon as you got your license, you started on those designations. When did you, you start that, that journey of uh, education and edu educating yourself? You know, I think, let's see, um, you know, my dad, he always had all his designations up on the wall in his office in a frame. So I always kind of saw those. And I thought, man, and he always talked about the CPCU, like the MBA of insurance. And so I kind of always respected it from that perspective. Uh, so a couple quick things here. So um, and, and by the way, I do think by listening to a lot of podcasts, one of the guys that I, I followed his instruction when I went to get my CPCU, which was um, like how to increase your income 10x formula. I forget the guy's name. A friend of mine had forwarded it to me. The guy's legendary. But basically, he was like, you can get the equivalent of a PhD if you listen to like, in this at this time, it was back in the I don't know, 90s. It was like a, a cassette tape every day while you're driving your car in your industry. If you do that every day, for five years, you're going to have the equivalent of PhD in your industry and you're going to be smarter than most people. So, um, so I, I do agree with you that, you know, you, you just listen to your podcast every day and you're going to be, you're going to be sharp on the space. But so anyway, my dad had these designations on the wall. I always respected them. I think I started in the industry in like January, 2011. And maybe by the end of that year, I had taken my first CIC course on like commercial casualty insurance. Um, very quickly kind of cranked through the CIC I was this annoying young kid in the front of the class uh, asking a question, you know, every five minutes, 100% raising my hand, asking a question every five minutes um, because I just didn't know what they were talking about at first. I took notes. I remember I had an iPad, Heath. I had one of the, like, one of the early first iPads and, and I was just jotting everything down and they were like, hey, you, you can't have an iPad in here. And I'm like, guys, it's the 21st century. Like, how am I supposed to take notes? I think now you can actually take notes on your CIC class. Um, but so crank through the CIC. And then the next thing, of course, is they have this little deal where if you get your CIC, you can get your certified risk manager designation. Um, I think you just got to take four classes instead of five. So you kind of right. get one for free. And right. you're like, you know, I need to do my CE update or my CIC update every year anyway. So you might as well kind of throw on the certified risk manager. I think also at the time, you know, we were involved with Insight Performance Group. We were involved with a number of organizations that are really focused on how do you drive down your total cost of risk. And so the certified risk manager thing made sense. I come from a math background. There's actually a lot of math and science to like statistical risk management. And so found that to be a natural thing. It also helped me think through how do I increase my, make my, make my sales presentation better? Um, how do I go talk to prospects and actually understand risk management? Once I crank through that, I think, um, you know, CIC, the CRM, um, I think, you know, the idea of going to Hawaii 
on a paid trip was what my dad kind of put in front of me with the CPCU. He's like, you know, they do the conferment ceremony. He's like, I'll pay for you to go to Hawaii. And so I kind of figured out, oh, like Hawaii is coming up. It's like a year and a half away. I need to crank this thing out in less than a year so I can get on that flight and go to Hawaii. I had the time of my life um, going there and it was just, yeah, it was great. And the CPC was, it was just such a solid foundation of like, hey, you work in this industry, but like what's the broader regulatory framework? How do laws get made? Why are things the way they are? Um, so that I wouldn't just necessarily be confused when I encountered it, when I was talking to a prospect or a customer about some silly insurance matter that was driving them crazy. You know, I, I got to bring it up. Uh, it's cheesy and it's stupid. I get it, but I got to bring it up. Uh, the old want, want, can't produce, can't underwrite. <laughs> uh, what, when people say that to you, uh, nail them right now, tell them, you know, that, you know, that's there's falsity in there. There's something, you know, talk to me about what that means to you when you hear that. Yeah, no, listen, I mean, I knew that 100% from, from day one going in. My dad always used to joke, you know, he had these things framed on his wall, but like, he's not full of himself. I mean, he's like, yeah, can't CPCU stands for can't produce, can't underwrite. And I think taking a step back, it's like, what makes somebody a successful salesperson versus what makes somebody a successful technician of insurance? And I think those are kind of two different things. Like there's an academic risk management side. And if you look at risk managers at big organizations, Heath, they're not like the necessarily like the relationship guy who's out there like building relations. They're the ones who are out there like busting people's chops for not having the safety guards on, you know, for not having, for having the fire exits blocked. It's like they're there to save lives. And so I think there's a spectrum between how do you be a really good salesperson, great relationships, friendly person, approachable, um, you know, get back up, resilient, making phone calls and all that versus the CPCU who's like, oh, I gotcha. I found a silly little te techni technicality in your insurance program. And so I think that depending on your sales type, if your type is the technical, tactical, in the weeds kind of sale, and there are people out there who want that kind of professional, CPCU is great. I think the flip side is if you're trying to become a successful producer in a short amount of time as possible, it's like the things that are going to make you successful at sales and insurance, it's probably not too dissimilar to a lot of other industries. And having that specialized knowledge may not necessarily accelerate your, your sales uh, trajectory from day one. And I am the first person to believe that, by the way. Well, you bring up a good point. And that's where you and I have a lot of similarities, but we also are polar opposites in this fact, because for me personally, when I was in sales, I had my agency and I was working um, in the in the business. I would rely solely on my good looks and personality. <laughs> Just kidding on the, on the good looks. But I, would I believe rely, it, man. I believe I it. I would rely solely on my charm, on my good looks. Uh, uh, not really my good looks, but on my charm. I would rely solely on, you know, my relationship building skills, on my, you know, networking skills, on all those type of things. I didn't have the technical knowledge. I should have. And that's why I went through the CIC and that's why I went through and got some of those other um, uh, designations. And But at the same time, there's a lot of people like me out there. There's a lot of people like you. Uh, but yeah, you bring up a good point. I think there is uh, truth to that. People out there that say, I don't have the charisma. I don't have that knack to walk into a room and, and sell or to use, uh, you know, I think it's Tommy Boy says, uh, can sell a ketchup popsicle <laughs> to a woman in white gloves. If you don't have that technique... You know, you can go back to the the other things you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and I think, um, and I think, you know, there there might be an element of change that might be happening in the industry where I think, you know, the relationship, you know, is always like, hey, I'm I'm doing business with my buddy from high school, like, you know, maybe that's changing. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I actually solidly believe it's it's probably not changing that much. Like, the key to being good in insurance these days, it's still building those relationships. And so I think this is where my journey started to transition. Where you know, I had this background in math. You know, I got a degree in math. I loved it. When I was in high school, I was playing a lot of video games, Heath, and I, I was hacking video games. I had this website called modhalo.net to enhance the gameplay. Um, I forgot my password for AOL Instant Messenger. I don't know if you remember AOL Instant Messenger. Um, so I ended up you know, hacking into the, the registry on my computer, recognizing the password was stored in what's called the MD5 hash and was able to like basically recover a version of my password so I could still log in even though I didn't know my password anymore. Um, so I had this hacky tech background. And now here I am like learning insurance. I'm like building tooling at our agency, websites, um, you know, online tools to streamline my workflow because I knew the technology was so bad from day one. 
And I'm just like, you know, they're the heats of the world that are out there crushing it because they're just these good looking guys that are, they're personable. They're easy to talk to. They don't tell you the hard truths that I tend to tell people. And I'm like, I, you know, I tell them my opinion straight up without any sugarcoating. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'm fighting with my best game here. I'm fighting with my hands tied behind my back. I need like, I need to take my skill set and apply my skills to where I'm like uniquely positioned, which I have this tech hacky background. You know, I, I have the math exposure. I need to do more for me than just building the next relationship and the next insurance policy. The way that I'm going to do that is by systematizing everything that I've learned as a millennial sales producer, taking accounts over through broker records, selling personal, commercial, life, health, like every type of insurance that's out there. Um, my experience lobbying in DC. And basically I had the chance to go get an MBA, the last of the designations on a scholarship. And I basically said, you know what? I'm going to reteach myself software engineering. That's where I learned, by the way, Laravel from our, our buddy Taylor Otwell from Arkansas, um, who, who's the guy who created the tech stack that I'm built in. And I retake Exactly. I, I, I taught myself full stack software engineering and I spent every day till like, you know, one in the morning programming the tool to solve my workflow so that I could take the things that I learned and say, how can I scale this to agents across the country? Because the reality is that relationship component is not going away. I'm super loyal to the industry and independent agents are here to stay. They're embedded in their communities. They have the relationships. They just need better tools. Um, and that's kind of how I began the journey of transitioning from, I have this family insurance agency, 20 employees. I love working with my dad and the crew but know that my purpose in life is going to be somewhat different. And that's a hard transition to make, but I made it. And, um, and you know, now I'm on the journey with Wonderwrite. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Uh, and getting before we get into Wonderwrite too much, because I do want to get into that. I wanted to ask you, because you, you know, self-proclaimed, and I've had another couple of these on my show, Millennial. There have been a lot of people asking questions um, about like, why are things done the way they're done? Like, why does insurance, why do I have to bit, pop by an insurance policy one year at a time? Why can't I pay per mile? Um, why is my life insurance based off these things? Why can't it be based off my smartwatch, right? And so I think there are, people are asking these questions. I think sometimes they don't necessarily have like the full picture thinking of like, oh, there's this thing called actuarial science. And like, it turns out that spreading risk across the industry actually turns out that coverage for things like, you know, fine arts for your bot, it's literally like a free coverage because it's spread across millions of risks. And so sometimes you know, those things kind of get overlooked, but I think you look at companies like Openly, you know, Ty Harris and, and Matt, um, and they've built this home insurance product, which is a fantastic product. I mean, it's literally a better, it, it is a, it, 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 a, it, a, an arguably way more easy to sell intuitive home insurance product that you can, you can get quotes for in like 15 seconds. And I, you know, I don't know if they fall into the millennial category. They're probably, probably Gen X or right in the fringe. But I think it's people asking questions like, why are things done the way that they've done? And, and these people have taken big risks with their career. Um, like I have. I could have taken over my family agency, Heath. But instead, I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to go, when I finish business school, um, start a company, not pay myself a salary. You know, Ty was running... Um, he was an executive vice president at Liberty Mutual. And he left his job where he was well-regarded there. And he didn't have to leave his job. And so I think one of the things that some of these people that are out there are doing is that they're, they're asking big questions and they're willing to kind of put their careers on the line because they believe that there, there has to be a better way. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and I love that you bring that up because I do see that I did have a, a, a podcast a couple months back that was with Patience Noah talking to, to millennials. Um, and she came at it from you know a similar perspective that millennials do take the risk with their careers and they, they do jump out there some um, you know so you bring up uh, Wonder Right uh, and it's not Wonder Light it's not Wonder <laughs> Risk it's Wonder Right and I do want to know because um, you know I cheated a little bit um, kind of like you did with my show I, I looked you up found some stuff on you and, and kind of stalked you a little bit which is kind of fun um, Love it. and I do want to hear I want my audience to hear where the name Wonder Right came from. Yeah. So um, let's just say where it didn't come from. <laughs> uh, no. So I think back in 2013, way back when, I realized that in order to do a top of stack submission, I needed to do this like statement of values. I needed to have schedules. And so I bought the best possible web domain that was available at the time that I thought would just encapsulate what I was trying to do. And it was called sovreport.com, statement of value report. And the idea was 
I can put a top of stack submission, my statement of values, my property schedules, my vehicle driver schedules, along with all my questions, like a list of all the questions that could appear in any application, any supplemental, any accord. It's all going to appear on SOV report. And I went to this thing called Startup Weekend, it's run by Techstars, and I pitched the idea. And nobody had wanted to do anything with sovreport.com. I ended up, um, I ended up, somebody else convinced me. They're like, Hey, listen, like no one gets your idea. I think it's an interesting idea. Um, you should join our team. And you like, I think I like you. I like your style. I like your pitching. You should, we're, we're going to, we were creating social media for dead people. We ended up winning the, that, that tech star, um, the startup weekend with a company called Afterbook. The idea was like a, a really beautiful online, um, obituary with photos and videos that make it easy to celebrate the lives of loved ones. Um, it was actually a really cool idea and I, I really liked it. Um, but so, so yeah, SOV report wasn't, wasn't our jam in 2015. I, you know, I spent a lot of time just thinking all my free time was thinking about like, how am I going to like name these things? What are you trying to figure out? And ended up coming up with this idea of wonder right one night when I was like probably lying in bed and furiously taking notes down. Um, and I think the idea came from a combination of like underwriting, which at its roots, it goes back to Lloyd's of London which was like this tea shop in London where like, you know, if you were uh, an entrepreneur of the day and you, you know, you wanted to do like the podcast the equivalent of the day, talking to the heats of the world, you'd be in this tea shop, um, you know, talking about the latest entrepreneurial voyages. And so the venture capitalists of their day, so to speak, would say, oh, I know there's a boat going to the Caribbean. It's carrying these goods. This is the captain. They would literally write their name underneath the voyage. Um, and, and become an underwriter. And so this idea of underwriting to put your name behind something, to back it, um, I thought that was a beautiful concept. And so I love the idea of underwriting. And I think that there's a lot of value in a good quality underwriting, which maybe doesn't happen these days as much as it used to because of the bops of the world. Um, and then the second idea was this concept of like wonder, uh, wonder, like the German miraculous and so I wanted to bring some of the, the miraculous back to insurance. And, you know, I think I experienced this firsthand. My daughter was born premature um, six weeks and she spent the first week of her life in the NICU. You got the Dude. same thing? Oh, my God. Like I said earlier, and we were talking about this earlier, there's a lot of connections there. Yeah. Uh, I spent the first, uh, let's see, eight weeks of my daughter's life in the NICU. She was 11 weeks early. So, yeah, I'm wow. right there with you. Preemie. So. No, dude. I mean, you're, I was one week, we were six weeks early and spent one week. I can't even imagine. I mean, and my heart goes out to you 11 weeks. But she and, was in a, in a box. Yeah. I couldn't touch her. It, it was rough. Um, That's yeah, a so, stressful time of your life. Dude, I mean, my no, first no child, I mean, so, so you probably got a big medical bill at the end of that whole process, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, I think for the insurance agents that are out there that like you hear from your customers all the time, like insurance is a necessary evil, blah, blah, blah. I was like, insurance is an amazing product. And, and when you see it do wonders in people's live, lives, when, when somebody dies premature and you pay out a million dollar life insurance policy, like tell me that's not life changing for the family. Like, obviously it's a really tough time, but we, I've seen it time and again, where it's, it's injuries, it's, it's deaths, it's just awful situations in my own life, my daughter being premature. Um, and when insurance is, does what it's designed to do, and it makes you whole, at least financially, it's a wonderful product. And so with Wonderwrite, we wanted to bring the miraculous and the wonder back to underwriting, where I felt like it had gone in this direction where it was a race to the bottom and a necessary evil and all that. And, and I have the complete opposite take. I think insurance is a wonderful thing. And if you've taken all these courses with the designations, then you know, like I do, it is a societal good because the adoption of things like airbags, flood zones, like building construction codes, all these things that are making society safer. There's huge incentives for the insurance industry to be supporting these things. And in fact, have supported the adoption and accelerated the adoption of life-saving technologies. And so I wanted right. to focus on that positive part of what insurance has been for society. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I loved it when I when I saw that uh, and, I, and I read some of that kind of piecemealed that together. That was really cool to bring the wonder back into underwriting. And that being said, you brought something up that really you know, struck a chord with me that uh, in many different ways. So uh, throughout my career, um, I've spent a lot of time on both sides of the fence, on the agency side and the and the company side. And one of the biggest things that I've preached on both sides is having that. Uh, well put together submission with the, um, you know, you could have the, uh, you know, the cover page. You got to have, like you said, the statement of values. You got to have this. You got to have a story. You got to tell that story. And you got to have a freaking completed application 
been so many times. I spent five years on the uh, ENS side. And so we would get those submissions that would come in, the court apps, and half the information we needed wouldn't be on there. It would be the most frustrating thing on the planet. Um, And then as a producer, you know, (laughs) I wanted to be top of stack. You know, I wanted to uh, make those underwriters realize what he's sharing, sent the submission in. You know, I had a, a fantastic account manager. That made sure all those you know things were in line. I'm, I'm sure that is a lot to do with. In fact, I know it is. So I cheated, but I'm sure that's a lot to do with how you came up with Wonderwrite. There was a pain point there, and you wanted to to solve that problem, as you mentioned earlier. You're a problem solver. Talk to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and man, you've, you've done a, a great job explaining it. We should just have you do explaining for Wonderwrite from now on. But um, yeah, I think that the the idea is, um, and I've been there as well as a producer where I wanted to make every account a top of stack submission. I work really hard, take good notes, take photos, interview the managers, do risk assessments with the crew, but like, how do I organize all that stuff? And literally I would put it in a three ring binder and then I'd sit down and be like filling out paper, like filling out accords and supplementals with the executive suite after they made an emotional decision to uh, to hire us. And then I got to go out to the insurance marketplace and the flip side being a producer, like, hey, I filled this form out to completion. I sent it off to the underwriter. Underwriter never even bothered to read it because they're emailing me questions that were answered in the application. And it's frustrating. And then also we got to do the same thing next year and next year. And again, and like, I have to start from ground zero, start from scratch again and again. It drove me crazy. And I'm like, there needs to be an easy way to just guide producers through and make every account a top of stack submission. You know, I think in, in life, when, when something breaks one time, maybe you can blame the person who is at, like, at fault for breaking it. If it breaks again and again and again and again, it's like, you got to blame the system. Like I've seen this with car accidents where we have a customer literally on an intersection. We see the same accident happen multiple times. At some point you're like, do, rather than blaming drivers, do we need to blame the engineer who designed this road? Because this is a bad design. And so I think with insurance, when you look at the systems that we have, the tools we have to create a submission, the tools are broken. And so with Wonderwrite, the idea is how can we make every account a top of stack submission? If you're Heath, you know, the Heaths of the world, like you're really good at the relationship, talking to people, making people feel good. When you get back in the office and trying to fidget with like a fillable PDF, or maybe it's not a fillable PDF, you're working with technology that doesn't really work on your iPhone or your tablet. Um, it's just, it's, it's just clunky. And it's just like, man, that now the relationship guy is like sitting at the desk, like wanting to bang his head against the screen. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah. And so I think the idea with Wonderwrite is, you know, again, bringing some of the miraculous back to underwriting is like, what if just like Google knows all this data, when you start typing in a question and Google's already answering the question for you before you finish typing it, it's like, why can't there be better tools out there that can pre-fill profiles with all the data that's out there? Answer all these stupid questions that you don't even know the answer to. Your customer doesn't know the answer. No one knows the answer to it. Why couldn't the software just pre-fill this stuff and just like make you look good every time systematically? And like, that's kind of some of the vision behind Wonder. Guys, guess what? We're at a mid-roll ad. I want to talk to you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution to getting all of those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. And not only that, now you can get uh, that one click, that link to send out to your referral partners, to send out to whether it's a lender, a realtor, uh, your mama, <laughs> your, your B&I friends, your uh, networking groups, chamber of commerce, wherever you find your networking and your referral partners, you can create them their own customizable link that they can use as well. Those deck pages still come to you on your dashboard. Unbelievable. It's a great product. Uh, they've been with me since the beginning, and I'm a, such a huge fan of Casey, Robert, Tolga, the whole team over there at Canopy Connect. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath and check out your discount, get you a demo, do the whole nine. Hey, if anything else, just go check it out. Tell me what you think about my video that I uploaded <laughs> on uh, the website. That's usecanopy.com backslash Heath. I'd be interested to see what you think. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, you know, as a uh, a true, you know, salesman at heart uh, and second generation, similar to you, again, another similarity there. Uh, I think we're separated at birth. But so there was uh, this thing, you know, early on in my career and even, you know, a uh, good part of my career, uh, I, I felt like I could do such a good job 
selling, you know, the account, getting them to agree to do business with me and all of these things. And then I'd have a problem and I'd be so angry with myself or so frustrated because I couldn't sell it on the other side, you know, the underwriting side of it. And people don't realize there's, there's several sales going on, not just to the customer. You've got to sell that underwriting. And I'll be like, wait a minute, I got it. It's great. And they'd be like, but you're missing this, you're missing this, you're missing this. And a lot of that went back to my lack of organization, but a lot of it went back to early days learning how to be that top of stack submission. And I know 100% fact, there are citizens in my town, listen to the show right now, that identify with that. They're a dang good salesman, ketchup popsicle, woman in white gloves, but <laughs> selling the underwriter, it's more than just building that relationship. It's also having that completed submission. I, I mean, yeah, now you're making me remember, I didn't even think about this, about talking about this prior to the show, Heath, but I mean, I remember I won an account. I worked so hard. Um, it was over 200,000 in premium, took it on a broker record. So this is a big, I don't know, $20,000, $30,000 commission account, uh, commission revenue account. Had the whole thing wrapped up, signed the broker record, check was given to us. And then literally the whole thing fell apart because of an issue with marketing the work comp. And it was like just such a low point where I'm like, I've done everything right in this account. And just it just fell apart. And the guy ended up calling and just being like, you know what? It's, uh, you know, I, I don't feel good about this anymore. And like, we're just, let's just take it all back. And he stayed where he was and talk about a hard learning lesson as like a, you know, 25 year old, you're out there winning this account. So yeah, to the, to the insurance town citizens of the world, I mean, the hundred percent, there are two sales to be made. And, um, you know, you can, you can have these expensive, painful lessons that cost you $30,000, or you can listen to Heath's podcast and just be like, let's just not have that lesson. Let's make sure you've kind of dotted I's and cross T's, um, you know, before or or, or they could sign up for Wonderwrite. Yeah, you could, you could, get, you could call eight 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 Wonderwrite. You could give, uh, give us a shout. Um, you know, chat with us. We'd be happy to Dude, talk. Uh, I think that's so funny, uh, and and I love it. Going back to you know the eight 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 Wonderwrite. That's so cool. Uh, I haven't heard that in a while. I think that's awesome. As a you know, this is probably gonna bore everybody else listening, but I don't care. Um, it's my show. Um, when I was a kid, uh, we would prank call on pay phones. Golly, I'm old. I remember um, if you don't know what a payphone is, you know, you put a quarter in this machine and it would let you call somebody. But and so we would, you know, do uh, and you could dial 800 numbers for free. That's and right. there was we would call 1-800-I-GO-HOJO, <laughs> which was the Howard Johnson hotel phone number. And back then, you know, we would book hotel you know, rooms for our friends, moms. And we, we thought we were pranking, making the biggest prank ever. Uh, and the hotels probably never really booked the rooms. But I remember. 1-800-I-GO-HOJO, and that being the funniest thing ever to a 10-year-old kid. You're taking me down a path that I should, probably shouldn't go on on air. <laughs> let's, just leave, let's just leave it at that. All right, all right. Oh, that's funny. But so, hey, on the, on the 888-WONDER, right? You know what it is? It's like, I am, I'm so passionate about this. And like, you know, you go online. I, I don't know. I, I love when I can just call somebody and they pick up the phone. May, call me old-fashioned as a millennial, but like, I don't know. I still have my, my phone number, my signature a lot of times. Um, just because it's like, it, sometimes the, the, the chat bots and the, and the stupid question chain, they just don't work for me. I just need to talk to somebody. I just need to talk to an underwriter. You know, I'm, I would work on a account like, let me just talk to the underwriter. I need a relationship here. And so, um, so many numbers have, they just have no personality. And I'm like, the number has to be memorable. It's got to be 888 Wonder Right. Like that's what it's got to be. And so we went out there and made it happen. Dude, I love that. You know, and I think that you're onto something and you mentioned something. I want to see where we go down this path a minute because I'm having a fun time with this. So I, you know, it sounds to me like you see, uh, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's too much tech out there. Maybe that could be a distraction for some, or maybe it's just too much. And as a millennial, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. That's where it sounded like you were going with that statement. Yeah. Oh, well, it's funny. I didn't necessarily intend to go that way. But yeah, I mean, one of the things that Joe and I talk about a lot is there's way too much technology. I mean, I, I, I've, I use a password manager for my passwords. I probably have a thousand passwords. And now I have two-factor authentication, right? Where you get the revolving code or the text message. And like now it's gotten to a point where it's like I have a two-factor authentication revolving code to access my password manager to access the password. And it's just like, I just can't even log into stuff anymore. Um, there, there's way too much technology. And I think on my iPhone, I've deleted most of my apps. I only have one, one screen of apps because it's just, it's just, it's just, it's impossible. And then the security concerns, but I think to, to the, to the point about too much tech on the agency side, I think what happened was, you know, 20 years ago, insurance carriers realized, Hey, like, why would we pay, you know, our staff people to fill in the applications 
on, on our software. We can just have the producers log in and the producers can do it. And it's like, uh, you know, so they come down to your office, hey, we got a shiny new portal and everybody has a shiny new portal. And I got to tell you something, they all kind of stink. They all kind of aren't very great. And, yeah. and, and then they, they, they capture all the data. That's our data. They capture it. And then they're like, oh, sorry, this, this doesn't qualify. We're going to, you know, hard stop you here. Thanks for giving us all this data on an account, but we're not going to do business with it. And almost like they didn't want to write insurance. And so I just think back to my days as an insurance agent, there's just so many tools. They were all over the place and they ended up becoming easier and faster as a millennial to just fill in paperwork with a pen and paper. And I think the, the, the reason is like technology, and we've seen this ourselves with Wonderwrite because, you know, we, we, are, we pay a ton of attention to it. But like, it has to be so stupid easy for people to use it. I mean, he- Is that one of those keep it simple, stupid things? Oh yeah. I mean, my attention span as I've gotten older has gotten shorter. And I think I have like a pretty decent attention span. And I've seen it with people like, yeah, it's like, get this thing done, easy button, make it easy. Um, So one of the things we talk about a lot, yeah, is like, how can we uh, truly simplify? If you look at a lot of the tech purchases that have happened at an agency, anybody that's worked in an agency- They've probably had a a principal go to an event. They get excited about something. There's a slick salesperson who's good at relationships and they come back with a new tech purchase and then it never gets implemented. And the reason is partially, sometimes we get excited and aren't great implementers. And then partially it's just like, the stuff's just too clunky and doesn't talk to each other. And so we're super sensitive to that. We're absolutely focused on how do you make the software um, where you don't need a, a training manual to train your staff. Like they should just log on like it's Facebook or LinkedIn and it's like intuitive. Yeah. So uh, when I went through, uh, I got the privilege of having a, a demo um, and met with Dylan, right? Yeah. Dylan, Dylan's the man. Dylan is the man. Uh, first of all, uh, ladies, good looking guy. If you want to get on a zoom call with him, you'll love it. He's a surfer <laughs> and he's single. You're welcome, Dylan. Um, I, I don't know if that's true, but uh, anyway, <laughs> Hey, it's fun just to say. Um, anyhow, number two, um, there was some really cool stuff outside of just the simple, as you said, keeping it simple, helping you get your cords filled out and getting that data in there. There were some other really cool features on there. I'd love it come out of your mouth. What are some of those features that you could talk about on Wonderwrite um, that, that I think agents need to hear about? Yeah. And I got to say, hey, if you're a Virginia agent, um, Dylan and I are going to be at the Virginia Beach um, you know, IIA event in October. And Dylan is going to give me a personal surfing lesson, which I am thrilled about. I'm from Cape Cod. You know, I grew up in the water, um, so I can't wait for that. But So what are some Dude, of the features that, that I'm excited That needs to be, hold on, that sidebar, that needs to be you know, videotaped and documented. Videotaped? They don't yeah. have tapes anymore. God, I'm old. Okay, that's got to be <laughs> videoed and documented. All right. Surf lesson. All right. Anyway. That, that is a challenge. I think we need to get one of those little GoPros and do a little. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes, a true, a true board meeting. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Now tell me about those uh, awesome features. Yeah. So I think like, you know, one of them is, you know, filling out accords. We want to be the best experience for filling out a cord form, you know, super simple. Um, I think some of the features that I get excited about um, when I approach the software, you know, one of them is the ability to just like look up VIN data. It always drove me crazy that like I'd get a VIN list from somebody and inevitably, you know, it's 17 characters, someone mistaken an I for a one or an O for a zero. It's like, why don't we have, and this comes from like Six Sigma, another one of my designations I don't have there, but the, uh, the green belt, right? Um, but like Six Sigma comes from risk management is it's called error prevention. And it's like, yeah, if you can just check a VIN before you put it in. Um, I mean, hey, you can put an invalid VIN in if you want, but we can just double check. Say, hey, by the way, this is, this is probably invalid. And we just put that right in front of you as a user. So I, I love having the ability to pull in that data. Um, I think a lot of our users get excited about the ability to pull in property data. I know personally, you know, when I got to the application, by the time I got to page four and it's like, Peter, you know, where's the nearest fire hydrant? My eyes are about to roll back in my head. And I'm like, this is not moving my business forward. I need to just get out and close this deal. And so wonder I could pull in a lot of that data. So it's either one mile or two miles. I mean, that's usually what everyone says. And the roof is from 2015, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. And and um, so the reality is like, there's really good data that's out there. Now, you know, those who are really technical, nerdy designation people are going to be like, can't always rely on third-party data. And like 100%, I agree. And so there's some some mechanisms to kind of safeguard where it's like, hey, these are recommendations, but like if the house is under construction right now, you probably shouldn't rely on it. Um, so I think, you know, those are some of the things we're exciting about. I think 
Uh, it comes back to just like, what's exciting. I think what I get most excited about Heath is I see it in the data every day I have on Slack. We have a channel where I can see when a new invitation to a customer goes out. And then subsequently when the customer accepts the invitation to the software and we see customers on average, if they get invited to Wonderwrite, they're logging in in less than 60 minutes. I've seen customers fill out, I'm not even kidding, 15 page insurance applications to a hundred percent completion. I've had producers tell me, they're like, Peter, I am, I don't even, I, I hate the paperwork so much. I literally won't work on accounts because I just don't want to deal with the paperwork. So what I do now, I have some of these, these customers, you know, the customers where it's like, I might make money in this account, but I'm probably going to lose money because the amount of time it's going to take me. I have producers telling me, so Peter, what I do is I just send them a link to Wonder. I say, hey, fill out this paperwork. If the customer or the prospect fills it out, great. I'm going to send it to the markets and I'm going to see if I have a new customer. And if they don't fill it out, oh, well, I wasn't going to market it anyway because they just don't have time for it. And so it's exciting to see customers logging in you know, within 60 minutes. It's exciting to see customers filling in 15-page applications on their own time. Um, and it's exciting to see agents not just having more efficiency internally, but actually winning new accounts. And I think the big picture is like for the agents that are out there, you've seen all these insure tech companies coming out. You've seen the brokers and the vouchers of the world, the lemonades and the hippos of the world. And it's like, what about us? Like we've been here forever. We have our designations. Like we're professionals. We know this industry. And yet we're using tools that look like they were created, you know, decades ago um, because they, they were. And so now we have more intuitive tools that I think is going to help make us look better to our customers because the customers, they have Disney plus, they have Venmo, you know, they have Amazon for ordering things next day. You know, what do they have to manage their insurance policies more intuitively, even for that once or twice a year when you're doing your annual meeting with them. Man, that sounds like a man with kids, Disney plus Amazon <laughs> man, you got a kindergartner, right? And- I, I have a kindergartner. I got a preschooler. My, uh, my wife is the president of the, of the preschool uh, on a volunteer yeah, basis. I can um, tell. With the, you, you led with Disney Plus, the dead giveaway. I love it. Uh, um, I, I am. Listen, I, I own I own 100%. I'm a dad now. I'm a recent drone enthusiast. I'm such like a, yeah, it's like you just got to own it. You know, Tom Brady owned it, by the way, apparently. So he, he has the dad jokes going for him. So I, I think yep. I'm a good company. There you go. Uh, yeah, you definitely are. So uh, going back a minute. Uh, to what you're talking about with those those applications and sending that stuff to the directly to the insured or the potential insured. What I thought was cool that Dylan told me about was, and this happened to me a lot, I'd get through everything and I was about to send that submission to be that top of stack. And I noticed there was like five questions not answered. What does Wonderwrite do with those? What can I do with Wonderwrite with those five questions that were not answered? Yeah. And I, well, I think like how to, to answer that, it's like, well, what would the process look like, you know, in the, in the days where you didn't have Wonderwrite? It's like, well, Keith's frantically like, ah, oh, man, I got to like send this to the customer. Am I going to email him? Am I going to drive to see him in person? Is he going to answer these? Like, and now you're like, I'm going to get this market blocked out on me and I'm not going to lose this deal. And um, I'm going to slow this guy down because the reality is if you're on the receiving end of a PDF attachment, you're like, yeah, like I'll get to that, you know, next week. I'm not like, I don't have a printer in front of me. I'm not going to print this thing out. So it just kind of would break down and be a painful process. Today with Wonderwrite, let's say you're working on a 20 page. And I say 20 page because I remember filling out like 20 page Chubb Tech E&O application. Um, if, you, if you have four or five questions, you can just select those four or five questions and hit one button, send to customer, send to Heath. Heath gets an email. It's like, hey, Heath, answer these five questions. He hits the link. He opens up. He doesn't see a PDF because I don't know about you, Heath, but I can't, I actually can't read PDFs on my iPhone. When I'm out, you know, in the parking lot, about to be as a prospect, right. I, I have no, to like scroll them with two fingers awkwardly and like oh, yeah. try and look around. So we just say, okay, let's take those five questions and only put those five questions on the screen. It's like Amazon checkout. When you go to checkout from Amazon, everything disappears except like, here's your credit card and hit next. And similarly, when you email your customer the question, it's like, all you need to know is answer these five questions that Heath said and nothing else. And so we want to make it easy and simple for that person to finish those questions so you can get that app in, you know, get in the markets and complete that top stack submission. And that goes right back into the system, into Wonderwrite, right? Not only does it go back into Wonderwrite, it's tracked. And this is one of the things that's really cool that we don't really even really talk about that much. But um, one of the things that we're building with Wonderwrite is like this digital fingerprint where anytime anybody, whether it's you, whether it's your colleague, whether it's your customer, your customer's general manager, whoever's logged on answering questions, we, we, we save those on, a, on, a, on an answer by answer basis. 
And so we have granular level insight into who's filling out an application for ENO purposes. Um, and also as you think about the future is like, imagine if you had an account you're working on really hard to make it a top of stack account, two years go by, three years go by. And now the underwriter is asking a question about the roof again. And he's like, ah, oh, crap. I always just say 2015. Um, so you just go on to one, right? You type in a roof and we literally will search through any time you ever, ever mentioned the word roof on Wonderwrite for that account. We'll find that. We'll put it right there at the top of your search results. And you can kind of use that to influence and, and save time when you fill out applications. That's awesome. And you're seeing Wonderwrite being used mostly for commercial labs. Uh, and that's the main reason it would be used, right? Yeah. So we built Wonderwrite, you know, for those commercial accounts that, you know, yeah. probably have a few locations. They, they're starting to get bigger and it's a lot to manage. You don't have an easy way to summarize it on a two or three page piece of paper. Um, that said, I mean, I, I sold personal commercial life and health and the stuff that we're doing on the commercial side has applicability in the personal side. And so we actually have personal workflows as well. You know, the same way that you have a, I could see it being used for EB too, employee benefits. There's 100%. a lot of questions there too. Oh man. We went, and I went through this in my own company where you send out, imagine sending out a health insurance application to every employee. And they're like, dude, I, I'm a software engineer. Like I don't have a printer at my house. How am I going to fill out this Adobe PDF? So like, we think there's a big opportunity there, but on the personal side, we have workflows. Like let's say you want to sell boat insurance to somebody or RV insurance. You could send them the boat insurance intake form and just grab all that data. And so the same things that apply to the commercial, they, especially to your top clients who have maybe a home, maybe a second home, a boat, an RV, a couple cars, a couple drivers. Um, as those accounts start to get pretty large, like I think there's some interesting applicability there as well. Yeah, what, and I think another thing that's cool that's you know over the last several years become a big thing is the DocuSign features. Is that something that Wonderwrite does as well? You know, um, yeah. So when you think about yeah, to, to answer your question, we will have digital signature live in November. Um, when you think about filling out. Like, like DocuSign was great. The first time you do DocuSign, you're like, what is this? The second time you do DocuSign, you're like, where's this been my whole life? I'm never using anything but this again. <laughs> right, um, right. And, and the data and the data shows up. If you're a customer, all you do is you click the button and hit sign. It's like, wow, that was so easy. Um, now I can get back to my life, which doesn't involve filling out 20 page accord forms. Right. Um, and so with Wonderwrite, you know, the initial value prop was, hey, how do you fill out the forms? Because in DocuSign, it doesn't make it easy to fill in these long forms. Right. We needed to figure that problem out first and foremost. We're tracking the customers. We're tracking the agents. We have the data. And now it's like we have that digital fingerprint, so to speak. Now you can say, all right, next step is not only is the form filled out, but you can click the sign button and send documents out for signature. Love it. I think that's a, a huge feature as well. That will be beneficial. Uh, is there any last things we did not get into when it comes to Wonderwrite before we start wrapping up? Uh, golly, time has flown by. Anything? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, three unsolicited tips we didn't get into, not related to Wonderwrite, but, you know, I think three tips, the purpose of the podcast, how you be a better insurance professional. Yeah. I just got to say to the crew out there, you know, if you're thinking, how can I be a better insurance professional day to day? I think my three tips, having been an agent for, you know, licensed at this point for you know, over 10 years, number one is pursue a designation. And I don't care which one it is. Like they're all, you know, have their ups, their, their pros and cons, but go start a designation. Um, I think there's, there's a great things you can encounter every day from having that formalized process and you will be a better insurance agent because of it. I think my second tip of how you can be a better insurance professional is learn more about the regulatory framework uh, from insurance. I think that, you know, insurance is regulated on a state-by-state -state basis, which is a beautiful thing. Um, there's also some federal, some federal oversight as well. And so whether you want to get involved with your local state association or the big I, um, I think that not only will you become sharper about how insurance is run and how it impacts your customers, you're probably going to have fun as well. I think these big I and, and the state associations tend to do a pretty good job um, making it a little bit enjoyable, having dinners and different things and just getting more plugged in. I think my third tip is um, how you can be a better insurance agent, Heath, is go visit your customers and talk to them. Um, there's this old uh, premise called management by walking around. And so if you can just Go visit your prospects, go visit your customers in person, ask them, you know, ask them questions you're curious about, walk around to their premises. That will make you sharper on the type of customer you serve and how the products are going to impact them. There you go. Uh, also got to give a shout out to PIA, IOA, uh, NAFA, some of those other ones too, uh, just so that we, you know, well-rounded there because I know there's members of all the above. Um, 
Big Eyes, a fantastic association as well. Um, I think you're dead on. I love those three. We have to have you come back and do a whole episode on those three tips. You know, we didn't get into it because we had so much fun talking about other stuff. So tell them, uh, tell the audience how they can find you, whether it's a website, social website, or a, uh, I said that already, uh, email address, phone number. You already said 888 Um, But go ahead and give me some other contact info so people can follow up with you. And then you can say, Mayor, your, your audience is amazing. Your citizens called me. They reached out. They all signed up. Love it. Yeah, check out wonderright.com, W-U-N-D-E-R-I-T-E.com. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. That's kind of my social of choice. Um, I don't know why, but it is. And, um, you know, Peter at Wonderright's my email, wonderright.com. Um, I think those are probably some of the easiest ways to connect. Yeah, dude, I love it. Uh, man, I really appreciate you coming in. Uh, you know, your crew, you got a great crew because I got emails from like three of your staff saying, <laughs> and, you know, Peter would be awesome for your show. You need to have him on. So, they were right, and I know the audience is going to love it. So thank you so much for uh, coming to hang out with us. Likewise. Thanks for connecting. It's been a blast. we, we got to do it again. Definitely. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us today in Insurance Town. Uh, we had such a good time. I really hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Such a, uh, a, a just a neat one at that. Um, I hope that the content we brought made you a better insurance professional as he got into, um, you know, some of the stuff that he wanted to talk about was is super fun. And, uh, you know, he talked about uh, the three tips at the end. I think those are strong tips. Uh, pursue designations, learn more about regulatory stuff in our, in our, uh, our industry and uh, go visit your customers frequently. Uh, also I think wonder a great product. Uh, make sure 888 wonder right. Um, tell them the mayor sent you, uh, tell them you heard about us on the show. Um, let me know what you think about the show. Uh, send me an email. I love, you know, going through the mailbag, so to speak, and reading your messages, listening to your responses. It's so much fun. If you've never done it before, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. I respond to every single one of them personally, uh, and uh, I really enjoy connecting with you, my citizens. If you've got an idea for your own show, go to readysetpodcast.com. Reach out to my man, Ryan. You'll be so glad you did because he does such a great job. He does the editing. He does the producing. He does all of it. All I can do is record. Uh, and he does all the, the fancy stuff. <laughs> Ready, Set Podcast. Turning your brilliant idea into your reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.